I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Week two of our 2021 Christmas movies. Tonight was Nate's selection. Indeed. And you never know what you're going to get from me. We watched the 1987 made-for-television movie The Three Kings, starring Jack Warden, Lou Diamond Phillips, Stan Shaw, Jane Kaczmarek, and in a bit part, Tori Spelling, as her father, Aaron Spelling, was a producer on this, which was also produced and written by Academy Award-winning screenwriter Sterling Siliphant of uh, In the Heat of the Night fame, his 31-year-younger-than-him wife, Tina Alexandria Siliphant of Southeast Asian Extraction, plays a television reporter in this film about three mental patients who are to participate as the wise men in a Christmas pageant who abscond with some rented camels, cross the desert into Los Angeles in search of the Christ child, interacting with various characters along the way. That is factually accurate. That is factually accurate. So what are what are your thoughts? You know, I enjoyed this for most of the movie. The ending, I have some mixed feelings about. Mm-hmm. Not the main ending of the movie, but like the last the shot across the screen. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting gimmick to to make this show. But it was presented well enough that you're like, okay, I'll buy in. Mm, I'll follow this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they make their way down into downtown Los Angeles into a homeless encampment, and that's where they find the baby that they interpret to be the baby baby Jesus. You know, and but each of them gains something out of this process. They're all working through. Mm. Yeah, except for Jack Jack Gordon. Yeah who may have already worked through his issues. Yeah. But Jack Warden is a man whose son and daughter-in-law had died in a car accident four years earlier while going to see him, and he had had a breakdown. And so they had taken him to this mental institution uh, just outside of Los Angeles, where he had become convinced that he was King, I think, Malcor, who's one of one the... One of the Magi. One of the Magi, and somehow speaks fluent Arabic. And just knows all this stuff about him. And so, for some reason, Jane Kaczmarek, best known as the mother for Malcolm in the Middle, who's their the psychologist, is like, he should play this guy in this Christmas pageant, which the mental home Christmas pageant with camels and all that. That somehow manages to attract news coverage. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good idea to me. But he's there, as is Lou Diamond Phillips, who's a 20-year-old kid who's got issues, he's on medication, he has a lot of resentment to his father after his mother died, and then Stan Shaw plays a uh, paramedic who was in the lone survival of a helicopter crash, who feels tremendous guilt about not saving anyone else from the crash, even though he couldn't. I mean, the thing that was going to explode, he's lucky he survived, but he just carries around this guilt. And as they travel across the desert... Through He's a suburban the mall, cynical voice, yeah. uh, to a used car dealership, and on to Cardboard City. The car dealership, it's King Harold, played by Vic Tabak, or Tabak, however you pronounce that, who's King Harold or King Herod. Mm. Yeah. The King of Deals. Yes. And then there's also a prolonged Charles Nelson Riley cameo as a perfume salesman. Yes. 
you said you had a question that you wanted to ask me about this selection. Not about the selection, no. 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 But you had a question you wanted to ask. The topper. Okay. The, the ostrich running across the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Lou Diamond Phillips keeps talking about having an ostrich yeah. that is appears to be... Well, and he knows that they're going to go on this journey because the ostrich has laid in two eggs, and one was the lion and the other was the lamb, and they laid together and blah, blah, blah. The ostrich running across the stage at the end. So are we supposed to say that Lou Diamond Phillips isn't delusional or we're buying into his delusion? I, what I preferred about the ending is, so every, everything's, everybody's gone back to the mental institution and the people from the camel rental place are picking the camels back up. And Jack Warden's talking morning. to him on Christmas morning. Yeah, a lot of a lot of weird working hours in this, especially the camera crew that follows the reporter. That started around. on like the twenty third and then works all the way through the twenty fourth. Fifty something hours straight. Yeah, and and the one guy is really kind of racist. Yes, that's not fully resolved, but it's 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 there. But anyway, he's talking to the people picking up the camels, and he basically says, "Well, I am." who I claim I am, I died 2,000 years ago, and I think my body's in Cologne at this cathedral, but somehow I'm in the body of this 60-year-old stranger. Does anybody know who this is? I kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like that. You don't have to read it literal. I mean, it's, this, is, this is a fun little Christmas movie. It's, it's, it's sweet. I, 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 I like it. I have a bit of a soft spot for it. The first time, uh, you're probably wondering how I knew of this and and, uh, why I selected it. Somewhat, yeah. Okay. So this movie originally aired for ABC on December the 17th, 1987. I did not watch it then, but apparently my mom did and she taped it. And she taped it on the same video cassette that had the uh, Muppet Family Christmas, which I showed you several years ago. Yeah. And I knew it was on there, but I never watched it until Christmas in 1999. Okay. And I watched it, and I was just charmed by it. Yeah. And I think I watched it once after that. Yeah. But, you know, it's I have this thing for TV movies. And when I talk about TV movies, I'm talking specifically about network television movies made from roughly 1970 to 2000. They are, they're like a pulp novel. They're like... Like, I like the literature of a feature film, but sometimes you just want the empty calories of some kind of paperback. Yeah. And I had talked about, it's like, we need to work a, a, a TV movie onto the show, even though I seldom have very much to say about them, because they're just, everything's on the page. There's not a lot of subtext. There's not a lot of depth. I just enjoyed this. I think it's a, a neat little artifact. Of It's very 1987. I like how they deal with the pressing... The, you know, the, the homelessness was supposed to be a, kind of a contemporary issue that this was yeah. tackling. And I love that line. Well, because they do run into multiple homeless, multiple homeless people. In, encampments. Perhaps my uh, favorite line is when Stan Shaw is trying to help some homeless people on the street and he freaks one out who, who, who leaves... And then one of the other three kings said, they're just winos, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about it. Makes made me want to play them all the winos lullaby from Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Plays the, like, the winos lullaby. This movie has an Irish cop in it, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of great because an Irish cop in a Christmas movie, of course, 
It's Richard Partlow plays the Irish cop. The other main officer in this movie is Art Lafleur, is the other police officer, mm-hmm. the one that accompanies her from the mental institution yeah. through most of the movie. I felt like that was almost hinting at his potential romance. Yeah, just the way they interacted with each other. But he kind of disappears at the very end when they get her down to Los Angeles, and well, they, his shift ended. Yeah, his shift, yes, <laughs> and and then he's with. She's with that guy who has that funny monologue up on the uh, yeah. the top of the building when they're getting ready to get into the helicopter because the, she's convinced everybody that she needs to be there when they apprehend them or else, you know, there could be some kind of... They Phillips could have some breakdown. Have breakdown. And this guy gives this <laughs> monologue about how everybody's just going to be, uh, you know, their they're homes and they're full of new consumer electronics goods that are wrapped. It's like everybody's in danger. And it just, to me, felt very Jack Webb, yeah. the way he delivered it. You said it reminded you a bit of uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd. It sounded like a well, just the, Dan Aykroyd. Voice, uh, like, I could imagine Dan, Dan Aykroyd monologue. delivering the same lines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, you know, that's that's more Jack Webb because he played basically played a Sergeant Friday in the uh, also 1987 Dragnet. Yeah. But anyway, there's not a ton of substance to this. It's a pleasant Christmas film. I'm kind of surprised that it's not better known. Because it's just so pleasant. It feels like it's something that could have been put in some kind of rotation. But it's pretty obscure now. I'm actually, if I mean, if it was made for ABC, I'm slightly surprised it's not on something like Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But it's not. So it has an aggregate score on IMDb of 6.3 stars. Not a lot of reviews on there, though. Yeah. So, how would you rate this movie? I would rate this movie, I'm going to go with two and a half stars, and seven on the ten star scale. Yeah, I'm going to go probably two on the four star scale, and probably just five on the ten star scale. It was fun. It was fine. I've seen it. but I just have a little more of a sentimental attachment to it. Yep. I mean, I do like TV movies as well. I do think we should do a couple more eventually on here. This one just didn't... Like, it had me for about three quarters of it, and then it lost me. So. Yeah. yeah, it's got a... Of course, they keep going to the Three Kings song for the yeah. uh, we instrumental, but but it has a... Well, it has they kind keep of a switching nice... the instrumentation, like, halfway through the song. Like, they'll do modern instruments, and then they switch back to a flute, you know. Yeah. But it also has a theme song that's kind of, kind of schmaltzy. Yeah. That I like. It's just... It's very network TV in the late 80s. Yeah, the whole ethos, the sentimentality of it. I don't think you could make this movie today. No, I don't think you could either. It's too overtly Christian. Yeah, and it and a little the, too racist. There's, there's a little <laughs> too racist, and just the uh, the fact that they they're you know mentally they're in a mental institution. I don't know how that would many play. HIPAA violations. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it gets a little bit K-Pax towards the end. That was the other. Thing with with uh, Jack Warden, so well, he really is what he says he is. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I would recommend just as a pleasant Christmas diversion. I would not dissuade anyone from watching this. It's fun, it, you know, and it is what it is. It doesn't pretend to be anything that it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's you it's can very always appreciate that. Yep. So yeah. Well, I'm Rob and I'm Nate, and this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. So you didn't decide to go with a straight revenge route, huh? No. What was your uh, other two that you were going to show me? Uh, Silent Partner, which is uh, 
Canadian, uh-huh. which we may uh, revisit later on, and Since You Went Away, which is a Homefront World War II epic. That sounds familiar. Oh, Christopher Plummer. John Candy, John huh? Candy, yep. Yeah. Oh, Joseph Cotton, huh? Yeah. Shirley Temple. Claudette Colbert. Jennifer Jones. You, you never know what you're going to get from me. I have a question I want to lead off with. Okay. Well, I shouldn't lead off with it. Kavi Raz is the falafel stand worker. Wait, Tori Spelling is the girl at the falafel stand? Oh. <laughs> did you know that? I did not. All right, right when you are. <laughs>